wasn't last week uh, a wonderful morning where Zolani was ordained as an elder and we honored Jonathan and Jane. I seem to be very loud. Uh, I, I shout anyway. My, I don't really need a microphone because I shout. Sorry, Dave, it's difficult being a sound person for me. But it was a wonderful, uh, a wonderful uh, weekend last weekend. And, and this morning, as we've been singing, as we've been worshiping, we've, we've sung the gospel. We, that last song that we ended with, one of my favorite all-time songs. I have about 50 favorite all-time songs, but that is like right up there. And it really is looking at how deep the Father's love for us. And because of his love, and we're about to go into a season, the, the Christmas season, where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. I know that he probably wasn't born at this time, but this is the time we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Jesus came, Emmanuel, and came and dwelt amongst us and lived with us. He took on humanity. And he took, and he went. That Jesus came to take your sin and my sin. And he is Emmanuel. And we sang Emmanuel. And that just also blows all the fuses of my brain. That as, as the Emmanuel lives in us, is revealed in you and I. In how we live. And Colin and Charmian's testimony of 70 years of marriage, of, 70, of faithfully serving the Lord probably for, for longer than that. And at the end of the day, you and I can boast in nothing, nothing else but His death and His resurrection. That is why we gather today. That is why we sing. Because of what Jesus has done for each of us. And there's no greater privilege as a community to come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So my scripture... A few weeks ago, Bob shared a testimony about that person who, who, who tried to rip, her, rip him off, did get a, get a little bit of money from him, and uh, he, he was wrestling with this unforgiveness. And uh, this today is about the forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. It's about the, the forgiveness of God. It's about you and I forgiving others. And so I'm going to read some scripture and I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Later, Peter approached Jesus and said, How many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? Jesus answered, Not seven times, Peter but 70 times 7. The lesson of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. There once was a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. Oops, it's a bit close to home. I'm not sure whether they borrowed the money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them. And he began to... And, and, and he began the process. It came to his attention that one of his servants owed him one billion dollars. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, Pay me what you owe me. 
when his servant was unable to repay his debt, the king ordered him to be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owned as payment towards the debt. This is really harsh stuff. The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and he begged, he begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him. Released him and forgave his entire debt. What a story. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. He seized him by the throat. He seized him by the Give me this money. Give me my money. Give me. Give me. Yeah, you don't have. You don't have. You better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I will repay all that is owed. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged, I forgave you the massive debt you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed to you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was repaid. In this same way, my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believers. And this is a, an amazing story. I love the stories in the scripture. It's an amazing parable. We need, you and I need to know that we are forgiven. And our debt was much more than the billion dollars. And Jesus left heaven to come to earth to achieve that. And he took your sin. Your sin, James, on himself. And we need to know that. And we need to know the size of the debt that we had. Because sometimes us British people think we, we're kind of a little bit all right. You know, we went to the right schools. And after all, as Jonathan says, God is British. And uh, played with a straight bat. That is always what Jonathan used to say. But we are all sinners needing salvation. 
And we have been saved. The good news, beloved, is that you and I sitting here, if you have acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have turned to Him, you are saved. I mean, if we look at uh, Psalm 51, and, it's, and he says in Psalm 51, this is David, he's sinned and he's committed adultery, he's committed murder, he's lied, he's, he's, he, he's uh, in trouble, and his sin is exposed. The prophet comes and, and speaks to him, but he acknowledges that he has sinned. And what does he say? He says, against you, and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. And he prays for mercy. He prays for forgiveness. He prays that the joy of the Lord would not be taken from him. That the Holy Spirit would be poured out in his life. And that he would be restored to, to, to peace. And that's the gospel you and I experience. As we cry to him. As we repent. As we turn to him. We are forgiven. The only basis upon which God can, can forgive us is the tremendous tragedy of the cross. There's no other way. Forgiveness, which is so easy for you and I to accept as the Jesus reveals and opens our hearts and the Holy Spirit shows us what Jesus did on the cross, it's easy for us to accept that. But we must never forget the cost of that death. The agony of hanging on the cross. Of, walk, of the, the journey from when he, was, he walked into, rode on the donkey to Jerusalem and they were crowning him as the king of kings and they were going wild and, 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 and wonderful. And then a few moments later, a few days later, they are uh, putting him on a cross. And you and I, if we were there in that time, we would be one of those with a mocking voice. Mocking and, and, and uh, saying this is a good thing. We would have been saying, crucify him, crucify him. And so Jesus forgives our sins. And forgiveness of sins doesn't merely mean that I'm saved from hell and I'm waiting to go to heaven. Forgiveness means that I am forgiven into a new creation. I'm created in a new relationship with Jesus. I've, God identifies me with Jesus. Your life is hidden in Jesus. How does he do this? He does this by putting into me a new nature, into you a nature, and we have the nature of Christ. We now can live the life of Christ because Christ lives in us. And we are called to be like Christ and one of the things that Christ did was forgive. On the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. Stephen, when he was being stoned, also looked up to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. Don't hold this against them. He forgave. Forgiveness is not natural to you and I. Somebody cross, double crosses us. Somebody uh, cuts us off even in the, in the road and we can get a little bit angry. Forgiveness is so foreign to our fleshy human nature that people find it difficult to forgive. King Louis, the something the 12th of France, articulated 
the feeling, this feeling when he said, nothing smells so sweet, nothing smells so sweet as the dead body of your enemy. That's man in the natural. Nothing smells so sweet as the dead body of your enemy. And the gospel is so countercultural to that. It comes and says, we've got to love our enemies. We've got to forgive. And so probably in the end of the day, forgiveness reflects the highest human virtue because it clearly reflects the character and nature of God. What is it? To err is human and to forgive is divine. We, need, we are divine people. We need to be a forgiving people. We need to forgive people. One of the quotes I read, it said, A person who does not forgive is therefore a person lacking in godly character and without Christ-like love. No matter how orthodox his theology or how outwardly impeccable his morals appear to be. So how, much, how often must you and I forgive? How often should we be forgiving? So Peter asks the question to Jesus, and he says, do we have to forgive seven times? And now Peter here was actually being super spiritual, because in those days the Jewish tradition was you had to forgive three times. So he thought, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sharp. I, I can forgive seven times. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, you have to give 70 times seven. A lot. Whatever, whatever the calculations are, it's a lot. We have to forgive those who offend, offend us. And so what Jesus is saying is that grace is unlimited. He, he's saying... There can be no limit placed on the amount of forgiveness that we forgive. I mean, if you have a look at the amounts, and I know all the commentaries I've, I've looked at it, the amounts are different about the, the, the chap, how much the chap owned. I mean, the, the translation, the New Living Translation says uh, uh, one, one, billion, one billion dollars. But some of the translation, some of the commentaries say six billion dollars. Whatever it was, it said it was a ginormous amount of money that he owed, and there was no ways that he could ever pay it. And so he was in trouble, and he knew he was in trouble. There was nothing he could do except plead for the mercy and the grace of of the king to release him of that debt. Because otherwise he would be sold into slavery, his, his, his wife would be sold into slavery, his children would be slaves, sold into slavery, all his uh, possessions would be taken away. And that's not a good thing to happen. Imagine going to the king and saying, please forgive me, I will repay you. I mean, the king knows that that debt will never be repaid. He might have found the request 
or could have found the request quite laughable. Who's this oak? Or he could have been insulted. It's an insult. Saying you're going to pay this back. Either way, when you look at the request, he was probably doomed. But look at verse 27. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. Wow. Imagine the joy. Imagine the joy today if, if, if I could wipe away all our debt. I don't know, I'd won the... Uh, European lotto and I could say to I could say to you Mandy how much do you owe what are your needs I could go to each person here and I could just write out a check and that would be settled and uh, uh, Zolani's debt is like uh, like a million and I could just write out a check for a million thank you <laughs> and it'd be settled imagine the joy the joy that he was he must have experienced the, it must have been, he must have been so excited because he was facing prison. He was facing jail. You and I, our sins are that great that we were facing eternity without God. We were facing hell. And yet Jesus came and, 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 and has canceled all our debts on the cross. And so we can escape this, uh, this penalty, this penalty of our sins. And that's the exciting part of the story. That's the good part of the story. And you've got his friend or his colleague or whatever owed him. I can't remember the amount. It's equivalent of about, I don't know, 100,000 rand or whatever. Came to him pleading, please forgive me. And he grabbed him around the neck and he said, you will pay me. You will pay me. You will go to jail. And so he was delivered to the jailers. And that's his, outside of Jesus, that is all our destinies. That is what a lost world would find waiting for them. Gnashing of teeth, hellfire, brimstone, that whole, we, we, we sometimes think, oh no, God's a loving God. He's not going to send anybody to hell. That's not what the scriptures say. I wish it was so, but it's not true. But Jesus. This man experienced the forgiveness, experienced his debt being released. You and I have experienced the debt, debt being released. Our hearts are changed. Our hearts We've been given a new heart. We've been given a heart of flesh. 
And so what happens when somebody, we are offended by somebody? What happens when we mess up? Do we ask for forgiveness? Do we forgive those people who have sinned against us? And we need, it needs to be a hard thing. So when I know, why did I start off with all the, uh, the thing about our sin being forgiven? Because we need to know that our sin has been forgiven. Because it's only then that we can forgive. Only then that we know that uh, God, will, God will help us. And it's our heart. So can I forgive from my heart? Forgiveness begets forgiveness. Forgiveness breeds forgiveness. As I forgive, more forgiveness is released. The crux of the scripture, of these verses... The linchpin verse in this parable is verse 33. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? Do you see that? The inescapable reality is that the servant here should have become like the king in giving forgiveness because he was a forgiven servant. You and I have been forgiven. We are meant to be like our king. I think what is the scripture that uh, Zalani read out right at the beginning of the service? Can you read it for me, Zalani? If you've got it. John 1, 2, verse 6. You can't find it. Who's got it? One, one John two verse six. Nobody's got their Bibles open. <laughs> there you are. So if you and I abide in Him, we walk in the same way that He walked. If we abide in Him, if we have our roots deeply connected in Him, if I abide in Him, then I'm going to start walking in love and forgiveness and joy. You're going to see that in me because that, that is how Jesus walked. I'm going to, I'm going to, you and I are going to start looking like Jesus. Isn't that what it's about, being conformed into the image of, you, of the Son, that we look like Jesus and we live like Jesus and we forgive like Jesus, 70 times 7. Why should the servant have had compassion? First, because this was the heart of the king he followed. And second, because he knew what it was like to be in the same position. So the servant had the heart of the king. 
Should have had the heart of the king. You and I have the heart of the king. And it's King Jesus. And we've been in a position where we've needed forgiveness. And so we know that we've tasted grace. And we need to uh, be conduits of grace. Conduits of rich grace and, and mercy. I'm going to close now. Asking you a question. And maybe you ask, have to ask Holy Spirit to show you. And it might be a process in the week. I've been through some things in the, in the last little while which I've had to do some similar thing. And that's why it's really on my heart at the moment. Is there someone... Are there people in your life that God is calling you to forgive from your heart? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone here. Maybe it's someone who is far away. Maybe someone from your past. Maybe someone who has died. It doesn't matter who you, who or where or when, forgiveness always bring, begins in our hearts right now. Jesus said, and whenever you stand praying together, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Forgive right there, right now in your heart. Remember when you fail to forgive, you are calling into question our understanding of God's forgiveness to us. And when we fail to forgive, when we have unforgiveness in our heart, it's like taking rat poison and trying to kill a rat. But you take the rat poison and expecting the rat to die. The rat doesn't die, you die. So unforgiveness is key. Stubborn refusal to grant forgiveness might demonstrate that we have never truly been repentant before God. It might be that we do not truly have God's forgiveness. What we give is a barometer of what we have received. I can only give what I've received. So when I, you and I have received forgiveness, then we can forgive. So I want a moment's silence. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Lord to show you if you have anybody that you need to forgive. And I want you to picture that person and your unforgiveness to them has actually put them in a jail. And I want you to release them from that jail. I want you to forgive them. Take out the, the keys. You're the... The jailer, now you can come and you can come and you can come to the door and you can open the door. And you can walk in, you can walk into the prison room, 
And you can see that person who ripped you off, who left you. And you can forgive them. And so just in your, in your, under your breath, you can just say, even now, Lord Jesus, I forgive. I forgive John for what he did. And I release him from the prison. The door's open. He's free to go. Thank you, Lord, that as you have forgiven, not only is he set free, but so are you. Thank you, Lord. us just to close and I want us to sing again that song how deep the father's love hopefully this morning's message put a different perspective on it that your eyes have been opened my eyes have been opened to his grace to his love which cost him Jesus And if anybody needs any more processing, we are here and uh, I'm going to give a, sorry the words, next year we've been doing a, a Zoe discipleship course. We did a pilot course with Jockey, who was the facilitator and we had 20, 20 people on the course roundabout from other churches, from this church. Next year we're going to be running four courses. And I can recommend and say, as I've looked at lives being changed, and this is one tiny little aspect of it, as people have got their identity of who they are in Jesus, their lives have been changed. And on the 19th of January, we're going to have a morning of testimonies, of stories from some of those 20-odd people that have done the course. And the first course is at the end of... Uh, End of January, Friday the 31st of in the evening, Saturday the, the, the 1st, and then Saturday the 8th. And we're want, going to want people to sign up. So I'm just giving you a, bit of, a little bit of a heads up just so that you're not caught by surprise. But there's limited space because we can only have about 20 or 30 people on, on the course. But I just see it as a wonderful course in which people I have seen just being set free. As they've shared their stories, as they've if they've seen the gospel afresh for the first time. So let's stand and let's, let's sing with all our hearts.